So welcome back to the Coffee and Heroes podcast. It has been a little while. For that we do apologize. Had some personal family issues over the last little while. A lot of guys who come to the store certainly know all about it. I've offered a lot of support and I say thank you for each and every nice message that came our way. But we're keep trying to get back on the horse now and the podcast is coming back to life. So your host as always, Alan. It's going to be a two-man show tonight. I am joined. I'm Mr. DC, of course. Thankfully, I'm joined by Mr. Marvel. Good evening, Keith. How are you, sir? <laughs> Not too bad, Alan. It, it has been a hot minute since uh, since we were last here together, uh, here together podcasting, hasn't it? It's been a while. Yeah, it's, it, we're almost hitting a month. We were working out the last one that we posted and we were horrified to learn that it was almost a month. You know, we... We didn't even get to do a previews podcast last month, but we'll certainly touch on one or two of those uh, issues that were due out in January because we'll they're they're straight away they're related to all the titles coming out in February. To be honest, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, it's been a it's, it's been a tough month and uh, for you especially, uh, you know, and uh, you had you had some very valid reasons for not uh, for not uh, being in the mood to. The podcast, um, but I'm glad you're glad you're coming out the other end of it, and you're you're doing all right. Um, how have things been in the store? Yeah, I mean the store has been busy during all this time. As I say, we we've always been in the fortunate position. I say it to everybody who comes in. You know, we're we're not a business based on footfall. We're a business based on regulars, based on community, and therefore everybody you know steps up to support the store, pick up their books. We've got a lot of people shopping with us for you know Christmas presents and so forth. So the store's in really good health for the moment. We are recording this on Wednesday the 25th of November. Now, obviously, we're about to go into uh, a two-week circuit breaker lockdown, call it what you will. Uh, with the store, we're still going to have click-and-collect facilities in place. The store won't be open for general perusal, so to speak, but it will operate very much on a click-and-collect, a one-in, one-out sort of basis deliveries will continue as normal new releases will continue as normal and if you've ordered anything with us just get in touch and we can organize for you to come down and collect it alternatively we're more than happy to do deliveries as well drop stuff to people's houses help out where we can just just like last time so you know it's we're we're definitely in a better position this time smithfield is open so therefore people can come to the store but i must stress that it's not open for just general sort of walking around unfortunately there won't be any sit-in facilities things like that it it almost makes it a little impersonal which is kind of against everything to do with the store because we're obviously a very personable bunch so we like to think but it is good to be able to continue to trade in some sort of form certainly in in december the the gift giving season i don't want to say the c word because we're we're still not in december keith i don't want to offend you <laughs> i appreciate you taking account of my my grinch like sensibilities <laughs> It's okay. You suddenly turn into a Santa Claus lover in about six days once December hits. So it's it's all good. I know you're not a Grinch, really. You just you're not a, a three months in advance kind of guy, which is which is pretty valid. To That's be it. With 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 anything. I mean, generally, I don't plan three months in advance for anything. So <laughs> that would be unheard of, and uh, particularly this year. So uh, so yeah, it is kind of a kind of a ball here in good old Northern Ireland, isn't it? With these. Uh, lockdowns and then opening for a week for the crack and then locking down for another two weeks and then see what Christmas brings, you know, with uh, for our families and such. So, uh, but uh, you seem well set set up for it anyway. Uh, after the prep you had to do last time for the big old lockdown. Yeah, they they certainly make it interesting for us. They keep it challenging for us, shall we say? But again, as as I stated before, you know, we we have a great community of people around us, a massive amount of great regulars that have pretty much all become like families. So. We'll be okay getting through it, so we will. And and again, it is nice to be able to trade in some sort of capacity. 
But it's interesting that you say there you don't plan anything three months ahead in your life because this podcast is all about what comes out in two months' time. So is <laughs> is, is that your limit, two months, just not three? That's, I think comics is about the limit <laughs> of my planning. Uh, that's about as planny as I get, uh, you know, in, in life. Uh, you know, mostly, mostly I, I dare say that... Uh, that for most of these things I wing it, which uh, of course brings our attention to the fact that our Mister Indy isn't here tonight. Yeah, we're gonna have to sub in for Roddy tonight. You know, he's, you know, like like anyone in the world right now. You know, lots going on. I know he's one or two things going on, certainly job wise and so forth, and and different things. So he's just taking a little bit of a break from us for now. We still do have picks from him, so his presence will still permeate through the 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 podcast itself and. Hopefully it's just a little bit of a break. He needs to recharge his batteries a little bit like, you know, myself. And, you know, as I say, circumstances were obviously slightly different. But, you know, sometimes you just need that break from it. You know, the comics industry, you know, if nothing else, is relentless. It never stops. It's weekly releases. It's weekly pulls. You know, it's it's news coming out all the time. It's new previews, books. So, yeah, every so often I think you just need that wee reset. And uh, hopefully he'll be back with us before too long. Yes, indeed. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to to hearing the Rodsters' dulcet tones uh, on the airwaves once again. I know. We're, even if he's not taking part in this, Keith and I are going to badger him for a three-minute segment on Dandering with the Dead so we can, you know, keep that, you know, award-winning segment going for, for the review. <laughs> I, believe it's, I believe it's a segment about an award-winning comic <laughs> rather than an award-winning segment. Oh, shut I'll, I'll just throw award-winning in there. It doesn't matter that I change the order of the words. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, so what have you been up to? Yeah, so again, we uh, keep, keep it on top of everything in the store and nice and busy. And then, yeah, loads of website stuff coming as well. So yeah, I can't complain. You know, it's been a bit of a family time recently, which has been good. It's actually been, it's terrible that it takes sometimes a, a tragic event or a, a loss of a family member to actually bring family together again. But uh, it was kind of nice to see cousins and nieces and nephews and uncles and aunts and all the rest so yeah no we're all good we're um we're, we're looking forward to christmas now as much as you can do in this upside down world of ours right now but upside down or not there's still comics to be previewed there's still previews books to look through and believe it or not despite recording this on november 25th these are releases for february people so maybe we are doing three months in a head keith yep <laughs> looks like it it does indeed so we're, we're going to jump right in so again these are the december books so these are titles that are going to be coming out in february of next year so as ever it's broken down into three you got your dc one which is online so the dc one's accessible for anybody so just look up dc connect i believe the latest one is number seven and you can look at their online catalog it's essentially a previous book but just in digital form then you've got the Marvel previews book, which will which will contain all of the Marvel single issues, graphic novels, bits and pieces of uh, merchandise statues here and there. And then you've got the main previews book, which covers the indie section, so your image titles, your Dark Horse, your Boom, your AWA, your Aftershock, etc., etc. So the Marvel and the main previews book will always be in store, always in the corner of the store, just underneath the previews board, which will have all of our picks from it. And of course, that's what Keith and I are going to go into a bit of detail on now. You know, looking at the books this month, it's if ever there was a month to take off from doing the podcast for previews last month, it might have been this one because certainly with the DC book, it's very heavy on a event called Future State, which is going to be covering in January and February. Now, I've done a 
a YouTube uh, breakdown of this, but just for those who don't see that, essentially DC are stopping their main line for two months. Uh, so the likes of your Batman, Detective Comics, Action Comics, Superman, Flash, etc. They're going on a two-month hiatus, and we've got this event called Future State, which is essentially going into the future of all of these characters. In some places, there'll be new characters taking up those mantles, and it's going to be a series of one-shots, uh, two-issue minis, and four-issue minis. And you can find all that information, as I say, on DC Connect. We've got a, a free paper comic in store, a free hard copy, I should say, in store, which goes through all of this as well. They'll be handed out with any purchase over the next two weeks because it is a lot of information to take in. There's a lot to it. What I say to everybody is look at the creative teams and look at the characters and pick and choose. You don't have to read it all. I, of course, will probably read it all, but, you know, that's that's my cross to bear as a DC fan. But there's, there's a lot of great creative teams there and a lot of stuff to look forward to with it, I think. And February is essentially going to culminate all of that work. So the, the DC Connect number seven, the latest one, is very heavily future state uh, related. Uh, I know Keith was excited just to see a Nightwing issue in there now that, you know, Dick Grayson is back in all his glory these days. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's there's some there definitely is some, some good stuff. And I have... I mean, I know I've heard I've heard some grumbling from some folks about about what's been done and you know the fact that you know the books have been put as you say on hiatus. Some of them are anyway. The likes of the the uh, the, the the more prestige series, Cat Cat Bat, and 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 all of those are are staying put. But it remains me. It's very reminiscent of uh, of of the stunt that Marvel pulled back in the nineties with Edge of Apocalypse. I think I said to you, you know, the Edge of Apocalypse event, which you know went across all of the X books, all of the X family books, which at, at that point was much larger than even the current uh, crop of Don of X books. Um, and, you know, the, it spun out of the Uncanny X-Men, a story in which um, Charles Xavier's kid went back and, and trying to kill Magneto to please his father, went back in time, tried to kill Magneto, but accidentally killed his father and then set off the Edge of Apocalypse. So all of the series, all of the, the X books were stopped and there was four or two issue miniseries in their stead you know so it's it's the same model uh, and it worked great it worked great i mean i know there's people that get into the comics with edge of apocalypse that are that are still into comics now um you know so it's a tried and true model it just hasn't been uh hasn't been pulled out of mothballs for for a decade or two yeah i mean i get the impression certainly with future state for dc i know that there was lots of rumors that dc were going to do a reboot it was going to lead to something called fifth generation you know, we were going to get a free comic book day called Generation Zero. That was going to set some of that up. And, I mean, this is maybe just the cynical part of me, but I get the impression that a lot of that work was done. It was spearheaded by, you know, former DC head honcho Dan DeDio, who left the company a few months back. And I get the impression that they'd done a lot of this work. They had paid a lot of the artists, the writers. So they've decided to make a two-month mini event instead. But what it also does, I think, is it allows the guys who are on the ongoings to get ahead of time. You know, something like Batman, for example, one of DC's flagship titles. It's out every two weeks, and I don't know how to put this to you, kids, but those issues do not get drawn in two weeks. They are they always have to be ahead of the game. So I think it gives them a chance to get ahead, which is good. And and, and again, because these are all miniseries, I think it's just an, an opportunity for some good storytelling, an opportunity for some alternative universe storytelling, and some of the, the creative teams on it are great. So, mm-hmm. as I say, pick up the, uh, the free... Uh, sort of DC uh, future state samplers, so to speak, that we have in store. We've plenty of copies, so we'll we'll throw them in with we'll pull lists and stuff like that. 
So the DC book, as I say, very heavily leans on that. Uh, there are a couple of other one-shots, uh, Valentine's Day special, which DC always like to do. There's a little bit more on um, on Generations, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit as well. Some good trades there as well. So there's, there's still good stuff there, but I wouldn't say there's a lot in the DC book this month for brand new readers. A lot of that stuff would have will be coming out in January, but we will be getting a lot of those future state uh, number ones in. So even if you're late to the party with that, just get in touch and we'll uh, we'll get you sorted. And just as much as that's everything going on with DC, I think there's something quite similar with Marvel this month. <laughs> you're exactly right. It's uh, it's it's big event, big event time all around. So I mean, over at Marvel in February, we are right in the middle of King and Black. Uh, I think the, uh, the 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 main series is is hitting issue four, and uh, you know there are a number of of mini series that are running alongside that. But you know in in February, I say we're right at the we're right at the heart of that. Uh, in February, they're adding a few new one shots, uh, which include they're forty pagers, which include Captain America, Black Panther, and. The Marauders, um, certainly the Marauders is written by Jerry Duggan, who's writing the main series. So that's always a that's always a good indication that it's going to be a like a, a quality one shot rather than just a, a throwaway. Um, there's there's some good uh, good spotlight on uh, the Black Knight as well during King and Black, which uh, Black Knight's a an old favorite of mine, um, a character with a long long history at Marvel. Um, in particular, I'm a fan of the Dane Whitman version. Uh, that's a blast from the past. Um, so there's a few new one shots. There's some continuation of the the, the King and Black associated mini series that uh, the Marvel very often do do so well, uh, including Symbiote Spider Man and a few others. And and then of course there is those moments that tie into ongoing books, um, such as Miles Morales and and uh, you know Spider Man and a few other of the books that, that that tie in Venom, of course, being a key one. Um, was interesting actually you mentioned earlier on that mighty thor which is the other book that's written by donny cates isn't tying into king and black no taking uh, a break from it one of the yeah one of the few. yeah i mean and i think it's it is interesting because it would seem to be a really good fit you know uh thor cosmic hero god you know null cosmic villain god uh you know but i think i think there's an element here of donny cates sort of going well not everything i write has to do with venom and the King and Black and, and all of that, so more part two. Um, the X-Men books are out of the back end of Ten of Swords. Uh, it finishes actually this month, uh, November. Um, so they're not really taking a part in the King and Black. Their creative teams remain the same as they are, which is not a bad thing at all. Uh, and I think they're just back in their, their regular story schedule. Um, but... Uh, Ten of Swords, just to take the opportunity to chat about it, was, was a great story so far. I've just hit, I'm just about to read part 19 of 22, and quality, quality stuff. Very, 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 very different from uh, from the House of Hickman and Teeny Howard. Uh, so yeah, that uh, that kind of, that kind of, I think, is, is, is Marvel overview this this month for, for, I guess, for February 2021. Uh, what about the indie book? How's that looking? I think it speaks for itself, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, the indie book, it doesn't really need much of an intro because this is a very unusual month for us. You know, usually we have a very even spate of, certainly for myself, I tend to focus on DC, you focus on Marvel. Between Vicky and Roddy, they focus a lot on indie. But this month, we have 19 titles going on the board at present, and 15 of them are indie. So that kind of gives you a 
a little bit of a guide to just how much good indie stuff is in this month's book and it's all spread over different publishers as well you know we've got multiple titles from image we've got multiple titles from boom we've got multiple titles from awa which is an imprint we we really like pushing and really like bringing attention to we've got multiple titles from aftershock you know it's a really really strong month and so many of these titles we'll be chatting about and recommending they're all number ones they're all brand new stories that that we've we've either been attracted to either because of uh, creative teams which as anyone who listens to us knows that's something we always push but also just the 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 genres being explored here you know there's just some really class looking stuff i mean we've got a book coming up that you know was essentially written for keith it's described as power rangers meets invincible so (laughs) you know and it's from a writer of nightwing you know it's uh, (laughs) it really couldn't be any more aimed at him than and uh, as i say so yeah indie book very very strong this month i really do recommend if you're you know able to get a, a little look at the previews book normally as i say you could come in the store and sit and relax and, and look through them but obviously the next couple of weeks will be slightly different but you know if you can get a, a look online at the online solicitations uh just to see some of the preview art for some of this stuff it looks great so yeah strong previews book for indie stuff this month and we're we're going to be covering a lot of it i would say but yeah, before we get to indie, we're, we're going to jump on and sort of do it by publisher. Normally, we would break it down, you know, I would choose a title, Keith would choose one, Roddy would choose one, etc. But we found because of the slightly unique setup of this month, we're going to go through by publisher. Because on the board, we've got two DC, we've got two Marvel, and as previously stated, we've got 15 indie. So I think it's only fair really to do it publisher, and we'll go with DC first because, well, I like DC. But, you know, other than that, there are a couple of good ones there. You could have said alphabetically, but... <laughs> I don't try to hide my bias. We're all good. We're all good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting back to our reviews podcast because there's been some stellar stuff recently from, from all three. But, you know, there's been some DC stuff I've really dug lately. But, yeah, but we're, uh, I think we're going to have to do a roundup, aren't we? I think so. I think so. Yep. There's a five-hour podcast coming your way, guys. So, yeah, with DC, uh, the one that I went for this month that stood out is a title called Generations Forged. It's a, it's a number one, but it's also a one-shot. It's an 80-pager, so it's a big book. And again, I, I get the feeling that these Generations titles are sort of coming out of the ruins, almost of that ill-fated attempt for fifth generation. You know, So there's one coming out in January, I should say, called Generations Shattered, number one. And then the one in February is called Generations Forge, number one. And that uh, that comes out of the back of, was it uh, the big Detective Comics celebration, yeah. Generation, Detective, it was the last... Detective 1027. Uh, yeah, followed Batman of 1939. Yep. So. And uh, what do you call him, the Jungle Kid? Uh, Commandy. Commandy, yeah. Starfire mm-hmm. and Steel and all these different characters. But yeah, it was a very unique team that was put together, shall we say. And... Essentially, the description, you know, when it comes to these one shots, leading into it, as I say, with uh, Generation Shattered, is a threat of cosmic proportion that DC's newest and oldest universe compels one of the most unusual groups of heroes ever assembled to take on the most mysterious foe they have ever encountered. So, as I say, the uh, the the lineup here is Batman, Commandy, Starfire, Sinestro, Booster Gold, Doctor Light, and Steel. And what's really interesting of it is it's it's the original batman so this is a throwback to 1939 this is a throwback to you know batman with the purple gloves and early on in his career and this is very much not grant morrison can take his place among the gods batman this is 
a guy in a bat costume who has a lot of money. Uh, so it's it's a really interesting idea there. But what I find is going to be interesting about these Generations ones, I do wonder if this is all going to lead to some sort of new status quo in the DC universe. There's been murmurings of doing what is going to be called an omniverse instead of having the multiverse. Certainly if you're reading Dark Knight's Metal at the moment, Death Metal I should say, you know, a lot of the multiverse planets are being destroyed, they're being whittled down. I do wonder if this is all going to, you know, come together and be part of, you know, what is going to be the DC continuity moving forward in March. You know, it's interesting and, and it's, there is a lot of great stuff through February. I'm really looking forward to the March books because DC are holding their cards very close to their chest at the moment and it'll be really nice to actually get a sense of what they're doing. But in the meantime, as I say, Generations Forge, number one. So you've got a great creative team on here. You've got co-writers Dan Jurgens, Andy Schmidt and Robert Venditti. And then art-wise, you've got Brian Hitch on there. You've got Mike Perkins. You've got Paul Pelletier. And then the covers Liam Sharp as well. So for Generations Forge, number one, dispersed through time by the villain Dominus, spoilers for Generation Shattered, uh, our ragtime team of generational heroes must find a way to restore the timeline and what they ultimately discover is something far, far greater. You'll have to read it to believe it as time dies and generations rise. I get the feeling this is going to be very important to the DC Universe for where it's going from March. So I think this is definitely one to keep an eye on. Dan Jurgens has always been good at this big universe stuff. Um, you know, Dan Jurgens was Death of Superman, I believe. Oh, yes, um, very back, much. Going back a while, but he knows how to handle these big events. Deal well, with he's currently characters. a Nightwing. Let's not let's not forget that he has showered a Nightwing through the through the Rick Grayson years. He did, but can you forgive mm -hmm. him for that? Or well, he took over. He took over halfway through. <laughs> he took over and went. We need to get Dick Grayson back. <laughs> <laughs> so now I know why you're he's you're on his side. So. So yeah, uh, Generations, I think these are definitely going to be more than worthwhile one-shots picking up. As I say, 80 pages uh, each time, and Generations Forge number one is the first pick for myself for February. Uh, so again, uh, there is just one other DC one, and it's not even something new. It's I know something you have absolutely adored, Keith, and this is one of your picks. Uh, it is. Uh, so the, I'm picking uh, this month from the DC book, John Constantine Hellblazer, Volume 2, uh, trade paperback. And it's subtitled The Best Version of You. Um, this uh, pulls in issues 7 to 12, which was actually released today, uh, of the John Constantine Hellblazer series that uh, follows the original John Constantine uh, from Cy Spurrier um, and from uh, Aaron Campbell. Uh, and as I say, this is the second of, of two trade paperbacks that cover this entire 12-issue series. I highly recommend if you haven't touched this series and if you know anything about Constantine and if he, Hellblazer appeals to you at all, that you, you get into Coffee and Heroes and you, you pick up the first trade paperback and you order the second because this series to me has been DC series of this year. And I mean, I say that on in a full understanding of, of all of the awesome things that DC have released this year um, uh, as a, a reader of, of Death Metal and, you know, reader of of Tinian's Batman and the the you know the end of King's run of, of Batman was this year uh all of that stuff I mean Constantine stands up against all of it it's it's the best Constantine I've ever read um but uh he I mean Hellblazer as as Martin rightly said earlier on is the greatest bastard you know he he Constantine very much believes 
in the greater good and woe betide if you get in his way whenever he's on his way to delivering that and I think he did, he did, he, I think he, he shows that in, in Deceased as well as one of the key characters very in that much so, very much so. Uh, you know but I mean he's a good guy but he's a good guy in the worst way he, he's he's about the greater good not about the personal good uh he and and as i say he's he's <laughs> doesn't matter what damage he does or who he, who he screws over on the way to get there so um this volume has john constantine just as you remember him just as we describe him in london uh in present day uh and up to his usual antics uh the adventures continue from from the first volume uh, and the arc generally is that there, there's an arc of a, a, an older version of Constantine, a, form, a, a previous universe version of himself, I believe, uh, who is, uh, has, has, has plans for, the, for our John Constantine, the younger Constantine. Uh, the whole thing is so dark and so twisted. Uh, you know, in this particular volume, there's, there's a two-part story about Constantine and a group of British fishermen and an ancient merwoman. An absolutely tragic uh, love story, a story about an abusive relationship. Um, it's it's incredible. There's a story about a disgraced royal. We'll we'll, we'll point no fingers and say no names. Uh, you know that uh, Constantine has to stop from unleashing a bloodthirsty horror. And uh, and then there's the most the most recent um, the most recent uh, three issue arc that that. Uh, just ends the that ends the series. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, it, it ends on a double page or a double size twelve issue twelve. And if the conclusion of issue eleven is is anything to go by, it's <laughs> it's going to be off the chain. Like so, yeah. I I can't recommend this series enough, and therefore I suggest you pick up uh, John Constantine Hellblazer Volume Two, the best version of you, and it's uh, and it's preceding Volume One. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. We we've obviously we follow Cy Spurrier, the writer on Twitter, and you know he's not been quiet about the fact that he had more stories to tell here. It was always a case of we'll do twelve issues. It does well. I got more to tell, and he put up a tweet yesterday, and he said our final issue of Hellblazer drops today. It is quite something. If we had had the chance, the next arc would have been called Dead in America. Make of that what you will. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame that it's been cut down as is. I mean, I've only read the first four issues. I had to give up some. Well, I don't have to give up, but I ge- I chose to give up some of my issues for a customer. But then I retraced them all, and I just thought, once that announcement came out about a finishing at that issue, I thought I'm going to save them up and just blast them one go. And I'm very much looking forward to because I know you speak so so highly of it, and it's a constant uh, presence on our review show certainly issue after issue after issue where i have to go Keith, don't spoil it too much <laughs> so uh, yeah i mean well, i can't i can't spoil this one because i haven't finished it yet myself it's in my my pull list that i picked up today excellent um i will add it to my ridiculously tall pile of stuff i have to read uh, yeah <laughs> but yeah so that is john constantine hellblazer volume two the best version of you so as keith says that's the second volume of cy spurrier's Hellblazer Run, the first trade, is available now and is in store if it sounds like your cup of tea. So yeah, so that's pretty much the DC thing. Yeah, the, just a quick shout out, just a couple of other trades hitting that month. Because uh, I know we do have a lot of trade waiters in store as well. Speaking of Constantine, there's the John Constantine Hellblazer Rise and Fall hardcover. First two issues of that have been pretty great. Tom Taylor and Derek Robertson. 
you've got the likes of uh, Dark Knight's Death Metal dropping, you've got the trade paperback of Deceased, it's only been available in hardcover so far, you have the Batman's Grave Complete Collection, you have Tower of Babel, a very, very classic JLA story as well heading so there's lots of good trades heading in that month as well so if you're not into future state but fancy a bit of dc stuff uh that month then definitely get on that there is one also for me in there flashpoint the 10th anniversary omnibus that uh yeah that might end up coming home with me i'm a bit of an omnibus guy these days it's a very expensive habit so yeah that's the dc book pretty much uh taken care of then for release in february so we'll move away from that and on to marvel as Keith stated in the breakdown, it is very, very keen and black heavy. So we'll, we'll sort of stay away from that stuff. But there were a couple of bits and pieces we were able to, to pick out from this. So for me, I picked out a Marvel one this month as well. So this is going to be a five-issue miniseries. Uh, this is called Avengers Mech Strike. It's uh, number one of five, as I say. Writer is Jed McKay. Art by Carlos Magno. And the covers by Kay Zama. But even more importantly, there is a variant cover by EJ Sue, which just looks like... The Transformers meet Avengers. This is pretty much why I picked this. I just I love these fun alternate sort of universe mini series. Ton of fun to play with. This the, it really is. I can't specify enough. This is Transformers meets Avengers. <laughs> uh, so you know I, I really enjoyed Marvel Zombies Resurrection recently. I've been absolutely digging Deceased. I picked up their um, the Injustice Gods Among Us. I, I love alternate universe stuff because you know you can play with the, the conventions of established characters and just have a bit of fun with it knowing that you don't have to worry about you know being beholden to continuity but the blurb for this one is the avengers are confronted with an unstoppable new menace one is seemingly impervious to their every strength but the avengers aren't so easily beaten and when new threats arise powerful new tools must be brought to bear join the avengers as they battle a brand new enemy and begin a deadly game of chess with a shadowy mastermind in addition to the the cover reveal there, there's a gorgeous two-page spread. It says it's interior art from Avengers Mech Strike. Now, it is just in black and white, but it essentially shows a shattered New York City. You know, Captain Marvel's flying through the air. You've got, you know, Iron Man there. You've got Thor. So this is, you know, big, massive level threats. And the artwork is just stunning for that. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. I know that I had mentioned it to you, and you were sort of like, oh, "I've seen all this before." Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it, it is, it is, it is fun. Like it looks like it looks like fun, but I guess my, you know, my pull list is is fairly stretched at the minute. There's a lot on it. Uh, um, you know, I have to to put my head down in order to make sure I get through it week to week, and it just is. Not, it, it it seems like it's it's out there and. Uh, and a, and a bit of fun but i'm just not and the art looks fantastic carlos magno was on invaders wasn't he mm -hmm. uh with uh with with chip yeah and uh jed mckay uh, apparently is doing some really fantastic work on black cat though i'm not uh, reading it and also on taskmaster i believe uh for marvel um but yeah just i, I just don't have, i don't have room for it all <laughs> I don't have you room have for no it. room for fun in your life is that what you're saying <laughs> do, i've got plenty of fun my entire pull list is fun but it's just not uh you know i can't see it reminds me of you know whenever you were a kid and they used to release like comic book toys and you know there'd be 
there'd be a Hulk figurine that had a car and you'd be like, Hulk can't drive a car. That just makes it's nonsense. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just, uh, that's what I, I just, I, I can't see Captain America ever jumping in his, uh, in his mech again. Uh, so, uh, I just, uh, just, <laughs> just not really, not really up my street. I don't think. Well, that's fair, but I've got two months to convince you. So it's all good. Well, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, that was my pick then from the Marvel catalog, which is Avengers mech strike number one of five. But you did manage to pick out something that definitely has your attention from the Marvel book. What would that be? Oh, very much, very much. Uh, that is uh, my pick from the Marvel book in February is X-Men Legends number one. Um, this just is just looks fantastic. This is this is uh, a book uh, set, an X-Men book set in the 90s. Uh, the, the 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 glory time of the X time, uh, and it, it seems to there's going to be rotating writers on it. But the uh, the first writer on it is is X Men legend uh, Fabian Nazesa, and uh, Fabian, you know he he was there right at the right there, you know, known for his explosive work in the X Men in their nineties heyday, and what the books and it's, Brett Booth is an art and. They're going to retell that story of the 90s X-Men with all new stuff uh, and future issues are apparently bringing on Chris Claremont, Larry Hama, Louis Simonson, Peter David and a whole lot of others. So they, the solicitation for it says, uh, break out the red and blues, fire up the danger room and snap on your pouches as legendary X-Men writers return to classic the classic era of the mutant superheroes and all new incontinuity stories set during their groundbreaking runs. Featuring great like, greats like Chris Claremont, Louis Simonson, Fabian Nassisa, Larry Hama, Peter David, and more, X-Men Legends will deliver startling tales month after month that dive into the rich history of the X-Men to tie up loose ends, resolve long-standing plot danglers, and reveal shocking truths that will change the past and future of the X-Men. Um, so Fabian Nassisa is kicking off um, with the special saga of uh, Cyclops and Havoc that will solve one of the greatest X-Men mysteries of all time. Adam X, the extreme and a startling connection to the Summers bloodline. Um, Adam X at the time was, there was a, an infamous story about the third Summers brother. Um, you know, so, and Adam X was a, was a really cool, totally 90s, uh, Liefeld-esque character, uh, you know, with connections left, right and center, lived in Mojo World, um, all of that stuff. So this story is 25 years in the Megan. We're about to see the truth of Adam X revealed, and it's going to be magnificently drawn by Brett Booth. Um, uh, Nasisa says he's getting the opportunity to tell his tale while kicking off the X-Men Legends series and in an extremely exciting way um, so yeah I'm really really looking forward to this uh, right up my street I mean 90s X-Men was the, the, the time of you know Cyclops in his, in his blue costume with all his yellow pouches and his yellow boots Havoc in his leather jacket you know Storm in all her leathers Wolverine in his yellow and blue Whenever Jubilee was introduced, whenever Apocalypse was introduced, you know, all of that good stuff. So Archangel, all of that, you know, so I'm really, really looking forward to this. Yeah, I mean, there's even, I see there, uh, a connecting cover for issues one to three that I know you're usually strictly a cover A man, but I think you might have to go for connecting covers instead. But it's essentially showing the X-Men through different eras. And obviously this is an audio medium, but, you know, I'm just going to hold this up so that Keith can have a look at it at the very least. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, That just looks like the kind of gorgeous thing you could stare at and look at at the details for, you know, a couple hours and just that, uh, a great nostalgia kick. 
I had already sort of uh, th- said to you, or already thought I was going to say to you, I need those connecting covers. That's Ivan Coelho. Yeah, is indeed. Isn't it? So, uh, so this is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a really interesting counterpoint to uh, to Hickman's, uh, you know, ex-universe, you know, and obviously the two are connected very much so. Uh, you know, and I've they've seen characters that Hickman has pulled out of the woodwork that I haven't seen since the 90s. Uh, but, you know, it, it's going to be a really interesting counterpoint, I think. To see that versus the really, you know, the the the, the yellows and blues in the pouches, uh, you know, r- relative to what Hickman's doing, you know, uh, it's actually a really interesting idea that as well. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't really seen it explored that much in in superhero comics. But you're continuing with your you know your current continuity, but you're able to tell stories going back to previous continuity. Because I did hear you say there that is going to be in continuity. You don't mm-hmm. see that often. It's almost like they don't want to confuse readers, but that actually sounds really interesting. Yeah, I mean, they, they did that for a long time during the 80s with uh, the 80s and 90s with with Avengers. Um, they had Avengers, and then they had Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes, which was telling stories back in the back in the early days, and there was Avengers Spotlight and those sorts of things. That mm-hmm. uh, So, yeah, I mean, it, I haven't seen it a lot recently, but... Uh, but yeah, it's I'm I'm really excited. I think I think you you might enjoy it, Alan, as someone who sort of really wasn't reading X Men at that time in the same way as you're enjoying some of the JMS Spider Man now, you know. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely jump into it. I mean, I uh, I may not have read a lot of X Men, but I did watch a lot of X Men cartoons, so that looks well, to be the same. This era. is this is right up yeah, that's right up your street. That's what was going on then. So yeah. Nice. X-Men Legends number one then. Sounds really cool. I do wonder if it'll just be three issues. The connecting cover, it says, for one to three, but outside of that little clue, it doesn't specify whether this will be ongoing, three issues, five issues. Um, well, if they're if they're pitching all of those writers, yeah. you know, not those writers aren't going to be doing one issue apiece, you know, and they've already pitched, what, four or five writers there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Claremont, Hama, Simonson, uh, you know, uh, among others, there. So I, I, it's easily going to be more than three. I would say you're looking at at least twelve. Fabian Nasiza, he was the co-creator, the lesser-known co-creator of Deadpool, I believe. That's right. Yeah. I mean, despite mm-hmm. the fact Rob Liefeld consistently says I created Deadpool, <laughs> I believe it was a co-creation. Uh, on a side note, check out the excellent Rob Servations podcast by Rob Liefeld. Uh, recommended to you by Clayman, not by me. I think uh, we're, uh, I think we're both sort of addicted to that at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, very good interview recently with Robert Kirkman, especially two-hour interview, and uh, and also it's worth listening to just for Rob Liefeld's impression of Todd McFarlane that he consistently pulls out. <laughs> so yeah, so that is X Men Legends number one then, so due out in February. So that's gonna do it for the Marvel book. As we stated very quickly in the intro, there is a lot of indie stuff to get through and so much great-looking stuff here. So what we're gonna do is we've broken it down into by publisher. There are certain publishers that we have multiple titles from. We're also going to go through Roddy's picks and Vicky's picks as well as myself and Keith. The DC and Marvel ones were very much just the two of us as we conformed to type. But uh, we do have to jump into a little bit of uh, indie love. So going to kick things off then at Image Comics. And this is a new 12-issue miniseries. So straight away, uh, that makes me happy. I love it when an indie series launches and it has a definitive endpoint. There's been a little bit of a pattern recently that indie stuff's getting released as six issues. Then if it does well, they'll do more. So and and in some cases, I'm so glad they have done more things like Once in Future, things like Something Is Killing the Children. But there's something nice about a nicely planned maxi series, twelve issues. So this one is called Deep Beyond, 
number one of 12. And this is another uh, situation where I'm following creators because this is written by Mirka Andolfo. Mirka Andolfo is known a bit more as, a, as an artist as opposed to a writer. So she's an Italian artist. And I've, I've had my eye on her for years. I've always collected a lot of her variant covers. But she did a really great steampunk vampire series this year called Mercy. That was released through Image Comics. And I believe the trade of it's out in the next couple of weeks. She also did the art for the recent Punchline one-shot that James Tinian wrote. So this is clearly a talent on the rise, you know, not just through the indie scene, but over on to DC. And I believe she's done a couple of uh, Marvel variant covers. I think she recently did a Captain America variant, for example. But this, so as well as Fallen Creators, this is also science fiction horror. So, you know, straight away I have images of aliens. I have images of the Abyss. With this being just what I was thinking, the abyss, yeah, absolutely, yeah. With this being an underwater story, so, uh, so it's written by Mirko Gondolfo and David Goy, and the artist is someone I'm not overly familiar with, but the the preview art pages look gorgeous. Uh, this is an artist called Andrea Brocardo, and to give you some semblance of how they have a lot of faith in this series, they have offered a lot of variants, and the variants are all by some top level people. So, Mirko Gondolfo's doing a cover. Greg Tacchini's doing a cover, Stepan Sejic is doing a cover, Marco Cicchetto, great Daredevil artist doing a cover, and of course there's a Peach Momoko cover because of <laughs> course there's a Peach Momoko cover. But to give you a little insight into this one, so science fiction, action horror, in an underpopulated future Earth, devastated by the dire consequences of the Millennium Bug, the survival of mankind and maybe of the planet itself is handled by a small number of people. Talented scientists who, despite the adverse situation and the stupid feuds that continue to divide the small number of people still alive, try to understand and study what is hidden in the depths of the abyss. Something mysterious and dangerous which could eventually cause an even worse and more destructive catastrophe. The 100 meets Lou with a hint of death stranding. This is a brand new sci-fi horror thriller series with Mirko Andolfo and rising star artist Andrea Bracardo, who has worked on Empire X-Men, Star Wars Dr. Aphra. So this looks this looks great. As I say, I love the preview art for this. I have a real soft spot for claustrophobic horror. The last underwater horror I can really remember enjoying in comics was one called The Wake, which was written by Scott Snyder and art was by Sean Murphy. And strangely enough, it was 12 issues as well. So this is something I'm really looking forward to. As soon as I opened up the, the indie book, this had my attention straight away. Great preview art, very colorful looking, lots of horror. And as I say, I'm a big Mirko Andolfo fan, so I think that's going to be a really good one to get on to next year. Uh, so that is Deep Beyond, number one of 12. Looks good. Looks good. Um, you know, that 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 sci-fi horror is, is, always, a, is always a nice one, so uh, definitely going to pick the, the first issue of that one as well. Um, well why don't we jump from uh, underwater sci-fi horror to western horror? And I believe something that you actually have yourself here, Keith, also an image series. Uh, and this was one that actually I I previewed this on the YouTube one because this got announced uh, a couple of a uh, couple of days ago. And as soon as I saw this, I thought this is right up your street. I have to. Oh say. yeah. Oh yeah. This this just this just sings Keith Miller, Western, horror, creepy stuff. Yeah. yeah, you're looking at uh, you're looking at uh, two moons number one, right? Two moons number one, yes, indeed. So this is uh, this is a pick from yourself. Uh, yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, this as you just exactly as you say, this this jumped at me uh, 
immediately as soon as uh, as soon as I uh, as soon as I opened the, uh, the 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 image section of the book. So it's by uh, Rumble and BPRD writer John Arcudi, uh, and he's back at Image uh, uh, with uh, rising star artist uh, Valerio Gian Giordano. I think you've nailed it. Uh, yeah. So this is, as you say, it's a it's a horror series, and it follows. Uh, it says the long journey of a young pony man named Virgil Morris, also known as Tumans, uh, fighting for the Union Army uh, during the American Civil War. Uh, he's confronted by his the, the shamanic roots of his ancestors, and uh, he discovers horrors far worse than, uh, than the combat that lies in front of him as the ghosts of his past re- reveal the monstrous evil around him. So, I mean, this just, it just looks... the the art, the, the interior art just looks absolutely fantastic. I just, I like, I really like, you know, just as you were saying that, you know, sci-fi horror just implies a sort of a, a futuristic setting. You know, this is exactly the opposite of that. And uh, you're exactly right. It just, uh, it's not exactly Western per se, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the horror in that, in that era just really, yeah, really appeals to me. Really appeals to me. Um, what do you reckon on this yourself? Yeah, again, I saw it announced last week. I really like John Arcudi. I'm a I'm a big fan of Rumble, which I think is a is a great. Again, it's quite a dark, twisted horror title as well. A little yeah. bit of superhero elements, but yeah, I mean, I love it when they set things during different eras like this as well, because you can pull in all types of themes. You know, you can pull in race themes. You can pull in the dark history of America themes. You know, coming out of the Civil War. And I love stories about this time period. So, yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with this as well. And I think it's a crack and great uh, creative team on there as well. We're throwing out there as well Dave Stewart on colors, who along with Jordi <laughs> Belair seems to color every book under the sun. So, um, just you're saying uh, Arcudi sort of says it's a book that he's been trying to write for for years. Uh, it's a horror action story first and foremost, but uh, it's more than that. Uh, the writer hopes and and for the reader uh, talks about the complicated history of indigenous people during 19th century America and then I guess 19th century in general uh, and that's what inspired him to take the story on and explore some of that through the eyes of a, a young pony man as he grows to learn about his place in the world um, just as I say the the art pages are, are gorgeous um, the, the artist has previous works, including covers in Ghost Rider, Hellions, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Savage Avengers, and Taskmaster, and is doing both covers and interior art. And uh, I think there's a variant cover there by Gerardo Zafino. So, yeah, it just looks, just looks great. Um, I think it could be, you know, you say, you, you sort of def- you described um, your previous pick there as, as claustrophobic, and I think maybe this could be the opposite. It's about what's out there and you know both in history and and and, and background and in, in the unexplored wilderness um and uh, yeah looks great looks fantastic yeah so uh that's one called again two moons number one we're going to continue with image comics now i'm going to throw out a couple of picks that actually vicky made but the first one here is a really interesting one even before the books had hit so so often solicitations will appear online a few days before we receive the books I always avoid them because I like to just have a look through the books, not knowing what's what's going to be in there. But this next title, uh, I, we already have, I think, in excess of 11 pre-orders, 11 to 12 <laughs> pre-orders. 
So there, there seems to be a real renaissance for Power Rangers at the moment. So, you know, it's a really good time to jump on if you have an interest in that world. There's been a new two new titles from Boom release, one called Mighty Morphin, one called Power Rangers. Really solid titles. Yeah. Really solid first issues. I don't know if you've read them, have you? I've got, the, I've got both number ones because I'll give it a go. Power Rangers is not... I wouldn't really say it's my fandom, but I'll give anything. Mine neither, Alan. I'll give anything Absolutely. Um, it's not mine either. I picked up, uh, Stephen was kind enough to, to loan me Shattered Grid, mm-hmm. uh, which I'd been looking to read for a wee while, which was, which you know, was by this self-same, uh, self-same writer. And uh, really enjoyed it. It had me sort of Googling because I sort of um old enough that I missed really the, the real thrust of, of the Power Rangers, you know, introduction in the in the you know the, the early 90s and so i was a wee bit too old and missed an awful lot of it you know and past the original power rangers i've got no idea who power rangers zeo are or power rangers light time rider dino guys um i'm sure that's not what they're called at all um but i really enjoyed those first two issues really enjoyed them um and uh I, I, yeah i i would say that this will be worth jumping on as well well, yeah, I mean, the reason I bring up Power Rangers is, first of all, this is a previous Power Rangers writer, which is Kyle Higgins, mm-hmm. uh, also a writer on uh, Rise of Ultraman at the moment for Marvel, which has been great, and also a previous writer on Nightwing. Mm-hmm. So, and the artist on this is Marcelo Costa, who I must admit I'm not overly familiar with, uh, described as a rising artist. So what we're talking about here is a title called Radiant Black. So brand new number one uh, series premiere. This is going to launch February 10th. And the reason I think this caught so many people's eyes, it, it's often good when you can talk about anything, whether it's a movie, a TV show, or a comic, and say it's a cross between this and this, because automatically people you know, make associations in their minds. And for this one, they've pitched it as for fans of Invincible and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> now, it's, uh, it's the Invincible bit there that really gets me. Invincible's uh... an interesting one, because Invincible's already an award-winning very highly regarded comic series from walking dead creator robert kirkman but you get the feeling in the next six months to a year it's going to hit a whole new level of fandom as an animated series is coming mm-hmm. uh, through amazon prime i believe i still have the first compendium that keith very kindly lent me i haven't started it. <laughs> but i will get to it especially i will read those first 12 issues i promise at the definitely very least. definitely the very there's least. a there's a uh there's a twist in that arc that I I, wa- I really want you to to read rather than see on the TV because <laughs> I, I can't see how they can do the TV show without it. Yeah, but um, you're also worried that will they do it justice? Will they do it justice? You know, and this is Invincible is just one of my favorite series of all time. Uh, so, well, with Radiant Black, as I say, a cross between Invincible and Power Rangers. So, uh, Nathan Burnett has just turned thirty, and things aren't great. He's working and failing at two jobs. His credit card debt is piling up and his only move is moving back home with his parents. But when Nathan discovers and unlocks the ethereal cosmic radiant, he's given the power to radically change his fortunes. There's just one problem. The powers don't belong to him. And the cosmic beings who created them want them back by any means necessary. So again, great looking preview art here. Great looking stuff with sort of like black holes. Um... You know, lots of cosmic stuff going on here. Great looking art. Kyle Higgins is a very, very, very safe pair of hands. Always has big ideas. Um, yeah, this one, as I say, was on the radar before the previous book even arrived. So I have a feeling this is going to be a big one. And yeah, get your pre-orders in early for that. Um, I mean, um, yeah, you mentioned Ultraman there by Kyle Higgins from Marvel, The Rise of Ultraman. That has been fantastic. Yeah. It's been great. Um, 
so what's what's the story of this particular book what radiant black yeah well by the look of it these parts that this character is going to get they essentially turn them into what almost looks like a power ranger so it does right okay so it's um it's basically it's your traditional loser struggling through life something big happens and then he has these these great powers but then the guys who created it want those powers back so ah, right. it's it's it looks really really interesting again the preview art looks great for it so i think this is going to be very world building-y uh and could lead to something else it's uh yeah hopes are high for this one and again it's going back to following the creator kyle higgins great writer Yep, on and the list, definitely. On the list. And the next one is one that I cannot say for certain that it's a follower creator situation, but this <laughs> one is a Vicky pick, and that's because she's a massive dog person. Uh, this <laughs> looks like this looks like one of the strangest uh descriptions I've seen for a book in a wee while. <laughs> uh this I whenever I looked at this, I didn't look at it closely enough. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I thought, oh, this looks kind of like a comedy dog book. You know, in the style of, uh, in the style of Don Bluth. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that sort of uh, that sort of cartoony sort of style. But it's been described as a cross between Silence of the Lambs meets Lady and the Tramp. It's uh, also been described as the Secret Life of Pets meets Seven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, apparently, so the, the it's Stray Dogs number one. Mm-hmm. Um, is the name of the book. Um, it's debuting on, on uh, 17th of, of February. Uh, and it says, uh, the, the, the solicitation says, it's scary being the new dog. Sophie can't remember what happened. She doesn't know how she ended up in this house. She doesn't recognize any of these other dogs. She knows something terrible happened, but she just can't recall. Wait, where's her lady? Uh, five issues um, by My Little Pony collaborators, uh, Tony Fleeks and Trish Forstner, are creating a new horror comic for Image, which will blend the aesthetic of classic animated movies like Lady and the Trump with the sadistic fun of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> what a what a concept! <laughs> um, each issue of the miniseries will reportedly feature a cover that pays homage to classic horror movies. First up, we see the Silence of the Lambs send off what appears to be Stranger the Things nod. Stranger Things nod. Um, but yeah, this is this this looks weird. Weird. Yeah, and interestingly enough, for such a weird idea, it's already been picked up by Paramount Animation. They've picked up the rights to it with uh, the writer of Game Night to write the script. And <laughs> Gary Doberman, who is a horror filmmaker who counts the Annabelle, Annabelle and It movies as among his writing credits, is going to produce. So <laughs> this is not your average Don Bluth dog trying to fit in with a new crowd story, clearly. But even the, <laughs> even the preview art, you know, it starts off sort of bright and colorful, but you can see even the preview art starts to darken, then there's all heavy reds, and there's there's angry-looking art and stuff like that. So it's it's maybe one that, as you say, you, if you're flicking through the previews book, you might dismiss relatively quickly and just sort of go, yeah. hmm, probably not my thing. But you okay. keep going and you go, well, actually, that sounds kind of intriguing. And it also fits our nice horror theme that we have through... <laughs> through two moons and <laughs> two deep moons beyond, and so. yeah absolutely this is turning into a bit of a bit of a horror month yep it is indeed and i'm gonna finish off the image ones with a little bit of well horror and thriller mixed together so if you've listened to this podcast before whether it be reviews previews whatever you will have heard us talk about the department of truth this is a 
fantastic title. It's only three issues in so far. I believe Keith and I have only read issue one and two so far. As three That's was, correct. Three was a release today, this week. So this is the brainchild of James Tinney and the Fourth on writing duties and Martin Simmons on art. This is for anybody who loved the X-Files, anybody who loves conspiracy theories, uh, totally unlike any other book on the shelves at the moment. So what this is going to be, the first volume, it's called The End of the World, and it's going to collect Department of Truth 1 to 5. It's going to follow the image formula of being uh, a $10 book, so £9 on the shelf. So to give you a little bit of intro uh, to this, so Cole Turner, our main character, has studied conspiracy theories all his life. But he isn't prepared for what happens when he discovers that all of them are true. From the JFK assassination to Flat Earth Theory and Reptilian Shapeshifters. One organization has been covering them up for generations. What is the deep dark secret behind the Department of Truth? If you want a really, what we thought was good, in-depth dive into uh, the first issue. Creator approved as well as the artist Martin Simmons actually listened to it. And gave us the thumbs up and said... These guys have caught a lot of stuff we were trying to put into the book. <laughs> Go back to a previous reviews podcast and have a look at the description. We we went big on this book. A good 15, 20 minutes on this. Myself, you and Roddy. Ah, this brilliant. is a great series. Oh, I loved it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I loved it. I love, uh, you know, and 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 it's not the first time tonight I've, I've said this about a comic book, but in the, in the post-truth world that we live in now, you know, where people are subscribing to all sorts of mad conspiracy theories at the expense of at the expense of, of evidence based theory. You know, there there's no better book, it really is. Uh, James Tinian is doing fantastic work on, on on Batman and something is killing the children. So you can add this one to the you can add this one. You can take that one to the bank really with a, with a writer like that on it. But it really is it really is fantastic. Just in a in a time when you know, if it's in your Facebook feed, do you believe it? Uh, this is this is just this is fantastic storytelling, fantastic concept. You and, know, and also it's a case of image again showing the way because this is coming out on February twenty fourth, and also on February twenty fourth is Department of Truth number six. So if you enjoy it, there's the trade, there's the next issue. Get on it month to month. Uh, yeah, just a brilliant, brilliant title. Easily one of the best of the year, I would say, and and a big favorite in store. I think it's our. I think it's our second biggest indie pool. Uh, it's it's joint second actually with Stillwater, uh, which is also uh, a yeah. title from uh, mm-hmm. Jim Sadorsky. So yeah, if you if you've been a little late to the party, uh, that is going to be the trade released of it, and that is Department of Truth, the trade paperback volume one. So that's going to do it for our image uh, titles, and I suppose I may as well jump from one trade paperback to another. So. Again, if you want to get a title that we have talked about way too much on this podcast, but that's because it's class. Uh, the trade paperback also in February is coming out for Seven Secrets. So this is a title that, again, we've all been enjoying. So written by Tom Taylor, art by Danielle Adinaculo. Uh, this has been superb. This is six issues uh, for this one. Uh, Boom always tend to do a slightly bigger trade, so it's as I say, it's going to be six issues as opposed to the the five in Department of Truth, but Seven Secrets. I don't know really know what else I can say about it at this point. Oof. I think number one was a pick of the month, number two was a pick of the month, number three was a pick of the month. Seven Secrets is essentially a mix of Assassin's Creed, end of the world story, big massive scale globe trotting adventure. It's all about succession and legacy and. 
just all wrapped up. It's it's simultaneously heartbreaking and funny and adventurous mm. and on. And yeah, super action packed as well. I mean, there's there's a, a big sniff of Bourne and James Bond in there too. Yeah, which is not something you, you would think when you look at the covers or no. even the description. But ridiculously fast paced. It's it's again. I always say it in this podcast, and I nearly always say it about Tom Taylor. But I don't think there's a better writer for efficiency of storytelling. He can pack so much into a single issue, and that will read brilliantly as a trade as well. Mm. So uh, yeah, Seven Secrets Volume One. Uh, that was a pick from Vicky. Uh, one from uh, from Roddy from Boom Studios uh, is uh, released in February 3rd, and that is Luna number one of five, I believe. Uh, so the story of Luna, uh, whenever Teresa fatefully crosses paths with the family of the sun, she believes them to be exactly what anyone else in the 60s would expect, a hippie cult whose leader claims to have met the divine but secret blood rituals, powerful drugs and sex runneth them muck where they'll bring Teresa face to face with the, the truth about the family, with herself and about the dark secret behind her dreams. It's all immortality, magic, alchemy and the true power of enduring love colliding in this uh, new series, which is for mature readers, if uh, the description hadn't uh, hadn't told you that. Um, the... The creator, is it writer, artist, and cover artist? Yeah, Marie, is... Maria Lovett. She's, um, th- she tends to do this for all her books. Uh, there was an original graphic novel she did called Loud. She did a series called Faithless, which she was actually just the artist on. I believe it was Brian Azzarello wrote that. And it gets very dark, highly sexually charged. Um, Faithless, Faithless was all about the fashion industry, actually. It was one that I read and quite enjoyed. But her art style is is awesome. It's very, very uh, different to a lot of art you see out there at the moment. Um, really packs the page, really colorful, really psychedelic types uh, type art, I would say. Yeah, I mean, that, that much you can see from the, the cover of this. Mm-hmm. And then again, it's it's giving you that little blurb of for fans of Faithless and Die. By the, <laughs> by the way, I read Die 15 last night. That was a fantastic end, the arc three of Die. But, oh, brilliant. Look forward to it. But that's a segue. Uh, but yeah, so that's a Roddy pick. Um, I, I really do like the artist. I have been reading Faithless and Faithless 2. Uh, the original graphic I spoke about there, though loud, I haven't actually got as far as that. So yeah, that's another Boom series. Of course, there was always going to be a couple of Boom titles in there because they pretty much kill it every single month. So another company, though, that is getting more and more of our attention in store, I have to say some great titles recently is aftershock comics and Mm -hmm. for aftershock same again we've got another couple of picks off this this month and i have to say i didn't notice it until we've been talking about it here but my god we're recommending a lot of horror this month this is for february why is this not the october book yeah yeah Uh, so for me this was another one of my picks so i'm a fan of 70s 80s slasher horror movies i love me the halloween movies friday the 13th you know, the more modern ones, the likes of Scream and so forth. I, I just love those kind of stories. Great escapism, quite formulaic, but always fun. And that's what this is very much in the vein of. So this one is called Maniac of New York. This is a brand new number one, new series. It doesn't state how long it will be, but I do find with a lot of Aftershock titles at the moment, they tend to be five, six issues. So this is from the team of writer Elliot Callan and artist Andrea Muti. Four years ago, a masked slasher began stalking the streets of New York City. Maniac Harry is inhuman, unkillable and unstoppable. 
which is why the authority solution has been to ignore him and let New Yorkers adapt to a world <laughs> where death can strike at any time. When Maniac Harry starts killing his way through the subway system, trauma-haunted political aide Gina Green and disgraced NYPD detective Zelda Pettibone become determined to go rogue and destroy him. But how can they fight a monster when they can't fight City Hall? So from Emmy Award-winning writer Elliot Callan, who's written for The Daily Show, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, Spider-Man and the X-Men, and the artist Andrea Muti, who's worked on Port of Earth and Hellblazer, comes the horrifying story of what happens when terror becomes the new normal. Jeez, this sounds really (laughs) timely. (laughs) Uh, A frightening, thought-provoking, sometimes funny, always timely tale of murder, obsession, and urban living. So I think that sounds brilliant. Uh, (laughs) I just love the nonchalance of when they decide they can't stop him, they just ignore him. Yeah, this is this is the world we live in now, guys. Sorry, it's too difficult. <laughs> yeah. I uh, there's so many things here, Alan. That I hadn't really put in my list that I'm going back and going. Yeah, I'm going to have to. I think February's going to be a an expensive month. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Another interesting one from AfterShock that uh, Vicky had pulled out mm-hmm. uh, is called uh, Nuclear Family. Nuclear Family Number One. Uh, I'm not sure if it's a, a mini series, limited series. Could it be five? Yeah, um, I mean, it would be my guess. As I say, I think by and large, you know, Dead Day just recently finished with Aftershock. It was five. I think wasn't undone by Blood Aftershock. It was. And five, and it was five yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yep. Yeah. So, uh, so Aftershock's new series, uh, Nuclear Family, imagines a different take on the nuclear paranoia of 1950s America. You know, the whole duck and cover as if getting under your desk is going <laughs> to stop that nuclear explosion. But what would happen if the 1950s Cold War had gotten far less cold? Um, this new series attempts to answer that question with a story about a Korean war vet and his family who have to deal with a nuclear war, literally in their own backyard. The series is based on Philip K. Dick, uh, a short story, Breakfast in Twilight. Of course, you'd be, Philip, well, you'd be familiar with Philip K. Dick, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, the basis of Blade Runner. Uh, and it's about a family that seems like the ideal nuclear family in the 1950s uh, but when an unexpected nuclear attack happens in the US so they find themselves rebelled into an alternate future where the US has fled into underground bunkers in an unending nuclear war the family struggles with this grim outlook of their future while also trying to find a new way home the writer is Stephanie Phillips a name that you will recognise Alan mm-hmm. Butcher of Paris, great title and yes. a man, a man among you as well, I believe. That's correct. Yes, uh, the uh, a man among you, <laughs> the, the yeah, not not you, the uh, the pirate book that I'm enjoying at the minute. But uh, Phillips has said that Nuclear Family is really a collaboration with uh, with artist uh, Tony Shastine. We try to create a really weird vision of this for this nuclear future that is unlike anything that we've seen in an, ap- an apocalyptic fiction to this point citing not only Philip K. Dick, but also the Twilight Zone as inspirations. We really try to create family tension to see how this family reacts to unreal and horrific scenarios. Uh, it's really interesting to see this family of four changes they're put through this, the trials, these trials. So that's a February 24th release. Um, the art looks lovely, really nice and clean from uh, Tony Shastine. Uh Really interesting, really 1950s, you know, the dropping of the bomb that... That always sort of reminds me of the hills have eyes and all that sort of stuff. This would be, yeah, this would be really interesting. Actually, this would be another one that's gonna that wasn't gonna go on my list that now is going to go on my list. <laughs> 
I see it, a trend, I see a trend. Well, uh, that trend's probably not going to change anytime soon as we move on to AWA Comics. So, again, an, an imprint that you know we've been big, big fans of at Coffee and Heroes. They essentially specialize in short stories, four to five issues. They've been getting across a lot of great talent to write for them, the likes of Benjamin Percy, uh, Colin Bunn, J. Michael Straczynski, uh, Ollie Masters. They've got great artists across here, Mike Diodato Jr., Dalibor Talajic. So, yeah, just loads of great people working here, and there's a couple of titles we uh, we picked out this month that start in February. So the first one is one from Vicky that uh, Keith refers to as, oh, is that that sex book? Uh, this is one <laughs> called Casual Fling. So this is number one of five. So written by Jason Starr and art by Dalibor Talich. This is an artist who's worked for Marvel for years, you know, did everything from Old Man Logan to Wolverine in the Flesh to New Avengers, Deadpool Kills the Marvel Universe, uh, Punisher Max, done all kinds of stuff there. Uh, really well-known artist at Marvel. So for this one, Jennifer Ryan has the perfect life, a loving family, a high-paying job in corporate law, a luxurious apartment in Upper Manhattan. Then one day she steps out of her marriage and finds that her new lover isn't the one-night stand she expected. Stalked and threatened with exposure. This sounds again like a horror book. My God, what are we mm-hmm. doing? Uh, Jennifer attempts to unravel the true identity of her tormentor, dis- discovering valuable clues in this trail of destruction left in this mysterious man's wake. Interestingly enough, this actually reminds me a little bit of Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut a little bit, which cannot be a bad thing because that is a thoroughly underrated movie. Um, See, there's a there's a cover B by Diodato Jr. Yeah, and that's that was what was reminding me of of Eyes Wide Shut. I don't know if it's one you've you've seen yourself, but mm. uh, and yeah, Dalibor Talajic, as I say, good artist on this. So yeah, that looks interesting as well. But I would say when it comes to the AWA titles, your pick is definitely the one that's more for you. Oh, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. So this is uh, another new title from uh, AWA, uh, Mature Content, uh, as I trust the last one was. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I've chosen Redemption number one of five, five issue miniseries again from AWA. Uh, The the writer is uh, Krista Faust and the artist is Mike Deodato Jr. again. Um, So... uh, description says and i don't have much more than than just that uh than just this description um the description says the uh the dusty desert town of redemption survived the apocalypse but is hanging on by only a thread a despot rules the town with an iron fist and controls its most precious resource water when that strong man marks her mother for death young rose Obregon ventures into a per- the perilous wasteland to seek the help of the legendary gunslinger Cat Tanner, only to discover that the so-called butcher is long retired, living in solitude and far from what's left of the world and preferring to keep it that way. When Rose arrives on Tanner's doorstep, gunmen hot in her trail, the butcher has a choice to make. Sit in the sidelines or pick up her guns and do what she does best. Yeah, Brilliant. And that's uh, once again a, a scenario where it's following creators because this was the same team that did another AWA title called Bad Mother. It was mm-hmm. really, really good. Krista Faust on, on writing duties there and Diodato Jr. on art. I think we're definitely seeing a little bit of a, a renaissance of cowboy set stories. Would you Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. This is a, a post-apocalyptic cowboy story, so this that's right up my street. Um, kind of reminds me, cast my mind back towards Stephen King's The Dark Tower. Uh, you know, the man in black fled across the desert. The gunslinger followed. 
uh, you know, great, great stuff. Uh, so there's a there's definitely a post-apocalyptic thing here in the cover. You can see some what looks like sort of nearly steampunk cyber arms and a cyber eye and some stuff going on. So, yeah, I think so. I think, uh, you know, has Westworld, uh, the, the Jonathan Nolan TV series, had a lot to do with that, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps. Um, but for sure, I, I mean, I love me a good... A good western, whether that's a that's a solid western, a regular western, or a post-apocalyptic western. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Red Dead Redemption too has probably had a lot to do with it as well. Uh, you know, that resurgence of that of that genre. Um, and let's not let's not look past the phenomenal pulp uh, by uh, by Ed Brubaker. Uh, absolutely fantastic uh, hardcover trade that uh, original graphic novel that I, I'd, I'd still recommend you pick up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we should never miss an opportunity to recommend Pulp because it is just fantastic. <laughs> neck and neck for me this year is best original graphic novel with blue and green, but that's a dis- yeah, discussion yeah. for another time. Uh, another one I just read, and uh, yeah, definitely a discussion for another time. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable. Great, great work uh, by, uh, I'd say, career career best by Ram B. Yeah, very much so. So, yeah, so that one was Redemption number one. That's going to be a five-issue miniseries from AWA. So moving on to a couple of other publishers now just to finish off. So, of course, we've got um, four more indie titles to go. So, of course, three of them were Roddy picks because that man loves an indie title. But there's <laughs> some cracking looking stuff here. So you've got a Dark Horse series uh, called Fear Case. This is going to be four issues. Uh, this has my attention as well straight away because it's written by Matt Kint. So very well known for Ether, Mind Management, but more recently for Bang, which I really, really enjoyed with Wilfredo Torres. Uh, the five issues of it just came to an end. The trade of it actually just came out. Really, really good if you enjoy a good spy story. So Fear Case is going to be four issues starting on February 3rd. So it's written by Matt Kent and art is by Tyler Jenkins. Now, these guys have worked together before on a series called Grass Kings. So they're they're very familiar with each other's work. So, of course, you can guess what, what genre is this going to be, Keith? What is it going to be? Uh, is this going to be a romantic sitcom? I'm going to have to say no. It's another horror. So we have a a new horrific detective series. So that has my attention straight away as well. A series by Matt Kent and Tyler Jenkins. A no-nonsense secret service agent and his new age partner investigate a mysterious box known as the Fear Case, which has appeared throughout history at sites of disaster and tragedy. Whoever comes into possession of this case must pass it on within three days or face deadly consequences. The agents must track down this fairy case while staying one step ahead of a psychotic cult and the otherworldly forces behind the case's existence. So, yeah, that just sounds great. Uh, right up my street. Uh, and again, it's, you know, following that creative team, I think, that uh, anything Matt Kent writes. I mean, it, his stuff's always interesting. You know, he, he sort of works outside the system. You don't see him do an awful lot at, you know, the big two, so to speak. He seems to be an mm. indie guy through and through. Definitely. Um, um, and and cases. What is it with seven secrets? Is all about cases. <laughs> you know, it's there's something a wee bit pulp fictiony going on, isn't there? Yeah, clearly, uh, clearly, cases and horror is the theme this month. I would say. Mm, um, another one from uh, from Roddy. Uh, he's uh, he's just dominating the uh, the end of our our list here. Uh, if we jump to IDW, if that's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. We've got. Uh, Transformers Beast Wars number one. Uh, so it's a new uh, a new Transformers series, um, and it's from uh, Eric Burnham of Ghostbusters and Transformers Ghostbusters fame, and Josh Burkham of Transformers and Transformers Galaxy fame. 
uh, celebrating 25 years of Beast Wars. In the future, the planet Cybertron belongs to the scientific-minded Maximals and the action-oriented Predacons. Uh, when a crew of Predacons led by the successor to the Megatron name steal a golden disc in a ship capable of travelling through time, it's up to Optimus Primal and his Maximal crew, Rat Trap, Rhinox, Cheetor, and a new character named Nyx to catch them. So, uh, interesting choice. I know Roddy's a, a big old Transformers fan. Um, certainly, I was enjoying that original series for a while, uh, but uh, the the removal of rubble just sort of knocked me knocked me to the to the side. Roddy kept up with uh, Transformers Galaxies and is clearly keen on the old Beast Wars too. <laughs> no rubble, no reading. <laughs> yeah, Transformers yep. Beast Wars at number one, uh, and then we have your last pick for the month, I believe, up next, sp- sticking with. 80s stalwart franchises yes absolutely so i've really been enjoying the uh blade runner uh 2019 series and uh and also now that next i think it's last, january is it that that's shifting to mm-hmm. to, to 2029 yeah absolutely so so what we've got here is uh a new a new book in that i guess arena uh starting in february and that is blade runner origins uh on sale february 24th um so this is the tale of the first replicant hunters set in the year 2009 and expanding the the blade runner mythology by presenting new original stories unfolding within that new noir universe um it is a dark detective story uh say it's weirdly set in 2009 which for us is 12 years ago. Uh, you know, it's penned by veteran DC Comics writer uh, Kay Perkins, Batwoman, Wonder Woman, Supergirl, and Hollywood screenwriter Mello Brown uh, of American Gods fame. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, it just it looks 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 solid. Um, the the first, first episode, first episode, first issue, uh, Solicit says, when a senior bioengineer for the Terrell Corporation, uh, we know that name, uh, is discovered hanging in her sealed laboratory, an unfortunate victim of apparent suicide. LAPD detective Cal Moreau is called in to investigate a battle-scarred veteran of the all bloody off-world conflict known as uh, Calanthea, depicted in uh, in the Blackout 2022 Blade Runner May. Moreau is dispatched to the scene to wrap it up quietly and with a minimum of fuss. However, something feels wrong with this death, and it quickly becomes apparent that this is anything but a traditional suicide. Detective Moreau uncovers the scientist's secret and groundbreaking documents, pointing to a new version of Nexus model replicant. Was this the real reason for her demise? Is a missing prototype Nexus unit also connected to the case? Moreau's investigation lures him into a dark conspiracy behind Dr. Terrell's replicant empire and a sinister conspiracy that could change the world. So... Virgin territory for a for a well worn uh, well worn very very popular world and a very popular license. Uh, I've said it before. Titan Comics is using this license spectacularly. Uh, very very good. You know, really carving out new, I guess new new narratives, new stories, and new corners of 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 the that neo noir world of Blade Runner, which you know we're we're both huge huge fans of. Um, so. Yeah, looking forward to looking forward to this. I hope they don't uh, hope they don't take it too far. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I don't need to see five or six Blade Runner series, but two I'm all right with. 
Yeah, I mean, two at sort of opposite ends of the scale is is interesting, you know, as you say, because you have 2029 and then you have 2009. It'll be interesting as well just to see a little bit of origin, so to speak, because it's, it's, you know, when Blade Runner the movie starts, it's, you know, that's the way the world already is. Blade Runners already exist. There's a brief explanation of how they mine off world and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it would be actually interesting to sort of see the genesis of, of the whole idea. Uh, it should be said that there's a, a couple of different covers being offered in this one. <laughs> Of course, two names that anyone is familiar with in our store. Stanley Archer and Lau for one of them. And, of course, Peach Momoko again. I, <laughs> I have this image of Peach Momoko being this artist who is chained up in, like, a six-by-six six cell with, like, a, a slave driver whipping her, saying, draw more, draw more, because she never seems to stop drawing, you know? Her her art is divisive, shall we say, although I Vicky and I do own a CGC uh, wind cover that she did which is actually really nice but by and large i'm not a huge fan of her style but some people seem to love it looking at these covers i don't know if you've access to them or not keith but mm -hmm. there's a great one cover d by robert hack which is really really nice just looks like a blade runner poster waiting to happen yeah it's really retro yeah i really like it so yeah so i should say with blade runner it's so with a title like this it's interesting from a store perspective so the people that we have on blade runner uh, you know, Martin's a good example, you know, good friend of Keith and friend of the store. Martin was asking Keith, you know, will I automatically put him down for Blade Runner 2029 because he's been reading 2019? So with that, I, I think it's safe to say that I would always just automatically put people on because that's a continuous narrative. With Origins, I'm not sure at the moment. Luckily, everyone who's on it is, you know, good regulars of the store, so I can just ask. But we never like to assume in the store that you want to continue with something just because, as Keith says, it's under the Blade Runner name. You know, if suddenly there are six titles, we don't want to suddenly put six titles on your pull list sort of mm. thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So if any of these do sound good too, do get in touch with us and we'll, we'll get you sorted, of course. Uh, and that's going to bring us to our last title, which again is a Roddy pick to finish off with. Now, I, I have to credit Roddy with introducing me to uh, a comic label called Vault Comics. Vault is a very small label. This is a perfect example of get your pre-order in early because Vault do very small print runs, but they're doing some really, really class stuff at the moment. So just looking through the previews book, you know, there's a title I Walk With Monsters that started this week. I'm reading that. I'm reading Engine Ward. I'm reading A Dark Interlude. I'm reading Devil's Red Bride. This is another one coming up. And of course, it's a horror title. Uh, <laughs> theme is ridiculous. Uh, so this one is called Hollow Heart. <clears throat> so this is a brand new number one, uh, written by Paul Allor and art by Paul Tucker. So for this one, L used to be human. Now he's a jumble of organs in a bio suit. L is also in tremendous pain and has been for a very long time. Hope arrives in the form of Matteo, a mechanic brought in to work on L's suit. Matteo sees L in a way no one else ever has, and what's more, Matteo offers L an escape. Hollow Heart reunites Tet creators Paul Allor and Paul Tucker for a queer monster love story about the choices we make between giving our loved ones what they want and giving them what we think they need. So, yeah, there's a really cool sort of retro B cover there as well, uh, attributed to two artists, Daniel and Godin, uh, which is pretty cool. It's like a really classic 80s Marvel cover, you know, Vault Comics group across the top. Fabulous first issue, Hope Arrives. Looks very superhero-y. And looks in complete contrast to the actual cover A, which is just stuff of nightmares just looking at it, to be mm. honest. So um, This is interesting. It says that Hollow Heart will be part of Vault's effort to expand 
Nightfall into a full line. Uh, Founded in 2019, the horror imprint Nightfall was originally intended to release books solely in the autumn, but with the success of titles such as last month's Autumnal, Vault now intends for Nightfall to publish all year round. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, it's uh, yeah. it's it's good to see that you know we we've clearly explained this throughout this podcast. It's such a horror based month. It's crazy, but. <laughs> But yeah, as I say, I'm reading a lot of their Nightfall stuff and there's one there that hasn't started yet, the picture of everything else that I'm looking forward to as well. Number three solicited here, but the number one of that hasn't quite arrived just yet. So, But yeah, Vault are one to keep an eye on. You know, we just received one this week as well called Bleed Them Dry, which is a ninja vampire tale, which, you know, how can you go wrong with that? <laughs> so... Yeah, no, I have to thank Roddy for for the introduction of Alt because normally with those smaller um, smaller imprints, I'm not sure I would have had as as much notice of them to be honest. So yeah, that is going to do it for our previews podcast for December. So again, all these titles are solicited; they're all due to come out in February. We've really got on the ball, although we've obviously had a little bit of a break before getting back to this podcast. This previews book only arrived today, so if any of these titles sound good to you. The pre-order isn't until the 20th of December, so you've plenty of time. Search out a bit more information if you need it. Get in touch with the store if you have any questions. Uh, you know, I can pass on all Marvel-related content to Keith. <laughs> he will answer all questions you oh, need. Of course, of course. And should one want to get in touch with the store, how do, how, what's the best way to do that? So, yeah, so obviously Facebook is always a great um, a great tool for us. Facebook Messenger is, is a wonderful way to get in touch. Even drop us an email if you have a list of comics or anything like that or any questions. Uh, our email address is just coffeeandheroes, all one word, at hotmail.com. You can also find us on all the usual social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and obviously we do the YouTube stuff as well. Um, I'm going to be putting out on the socials as well the landline number. We've recently got a landline installed into the store. so going to be very retro of you. I know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think it was because I was getting phone calls on my mobile like one o'clock at night. And, you know, I just yeah. maybe didn't want to give out my personal number so much. Yeah, totally understand. <laughs> totally understand. So, yeah, we went for the retro, um, you know, dock. And I mean, it is cordless, Keith, you know, I mean, oof, oh, fancy. fancy. <laughs> so we'll be putting that up. So and again, guys, just to um, reiterate the point so obviously we're heading into this two weeks of lockdown but anything you guys need i will be at the store just get in touch before you come down and you know there might be the odd time you have to wait outside as i said strictly going to be one per person in store at all times for those two weeks so yeah this was actually a lot of fun we were slightly worried that two of us might just you know look at each other and go <laughs> do we have to say everything here but i think that was relatively smooth yeah when has that ever happened to be fair alan uh, you Indeed. know but yeah, I think we're. Uh, I think we've maybe cottoned on to a to a new format for as long as we need it. I think so, but there is going to be some really exciting stuff coming up with the podcast, guys, as well. I don't want to delve into too many details, but been working hard behind the scenes uh, to, you know, possibly expand our creator interviews, that kind of thing. You may hear a new voice on the podcast very soon as well. Just uh, as we, you know, get a few different regulars perhaps in from the store while you know roddy's just taking a wee bit of time off from us but you know hopefully he'll be back with us sooner rather than, than later so yep yeah, keep your eyes peeled uh again anything interests you get in touch and we'll get it added to your pull list so i will sign off there been a lot of fun mr miller as always yeah thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that good to get uh back on a microphone chatting comics with you absolutely and uh in honor of our missing comrade keep on winging it <laughs>